Hey guys, what's up, and welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. My name is Courtney Bishop, and in episode 15, I interviewed Jamila Took, owner of a Healing Touch Transformational Bodywork. Being in Jamila's presence to record this episode was calming in and of itself, so I can only imagine what her services are like. During her 10 years of being in business, Jamila's received a variety of training and various holistic healing techniques, which you will learn all about in the show, some of which are myofascial release, craniosacral therapy, trigger point therapy, mindfulness and meditation, yoga, as well as self-acceptance. If any of these speak to you and you want to further educate yourself on them, be sure to check out the show notes for links to all the resources we discuss in this episode, as well as links to learn more about a healing touch online and how to book a service with Jamila. As Jamila said, you got to feel it to heal it. So I hope this show offers you a new perspective on your journey of self-care. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Hello, Jamila. How are you? Good, thank you. How Good. are you, Courtney? I'm doing well. Thank you for making the time to be on the show today. I know we're in crazy times with coronavirus, kind of uncertainty, but I'm glad we were able to get together, even with face mask on. For <laughs> listeners who can't see us, we actually are masked up right now, being safe, and that just shows how dedicated we are. <laughs> so, we, um, Jamila owns a business called A Healing Touch Transformational Bodywork here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So today, I just want to dive deeper into your story about how you got into basically holistic health. I know you have um, studied various disciplines within holistic health and just hear more about how you journeyed into becoming a business owner and offering the services that you do. With that said, um, let's dive into what got you started with your passion of holistic health. When I was in middle school, I developed an interest in the environment. I really don't know why or where that sprang from, uh, but I became interested in living more gently on the planet. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, I started dealing with chronic pain. And in high school, a friend recommended a certain chiropractor to me. And it was about an hour and a half drive from our house, but my mom was really committed to holistic health Mm -hmm. and distrustful of Western pharmaceutical medicine. And so she would take me a couple times a week to this chiropractor who also did applied kinesiology. So he would use the electrical current in my body to test to see if a supplement would be beneficial for me or not, if something would strengthen me or not. And that just kind of opened up a whole new world to me. I continued dealing with chronic pain and chronic fatigue um, through high school, college, my 20s, my 30s. And I just started exploring the different modalities, the different techniques that could help. Yeah. Did you... Body to balance. Sorry, did you... um 
try any Western techniques before you went down this other path? Or did you pretty much just because, like, this was what your mom was familiar with, so that's kind of where you started, too? Yes, the latter. Okay. Um, I saw a naturopath from the time I was a small child. Um, and I really didn't... Yeah, in college, I, I tried some pharmaceuticals and I didn't like how they made me feel mm, gotcha um, so I just started trying everything I could yeah just to help subside the the pain was it more was it mostly just physical pain emotional pain or kind of a blend of the two mm, I, they often manifest one through the other mm. um, I think you know looking back I I think I had anxiety as a kid mm. but you know when you're 10 and you have a stomach ache every day before you go to school parents don't necessarily think oh yeah what is triggering anxiety right <laughs> it's like this kid's stomach hurts let's give them you know some kind of medicine to help fix it and it's not really getting at the root cause of why is the stomach hurting mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but I mean I have a variety of diagnoses, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Lyme disease. Um, and now I do use a blend of supplements and yoga and body work. And I also do take some pharmaceuticals as well. Interesting. Okay. So you have found a, you've kind of borrowed from different tools, not just following the one holistic approach. You've Mm-hmm. You do have some pharmaceuticals. Okay. I do. Yep. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. obviously, your personal experience has probably informed your path to opening your business, A Healing Touch, Transformational Body Work. Um, <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what was the first step to opening that business? Like, what was the first thing you studied or... Because uh, I imagine you dealing with this pain formerly was what made you want to give back and help others so they didn't have that pain as well. Hmm. Well, trying to, I think it was maybe 2003. Mm-hmm. I was waiting tables, and this woman I'd waited on a couple times said, Oh, I just joined this women's group, and you have to do it. it you totally love it. You have to call up this woman and get in this group. Um, and I did. And then I never saw that woman at the group. I don't think. <laughs> but um, So she connected me with Ellen Costantino, who had uh, started this group called Women of the Heart. Okay. Um, and so I was a part of that for its entire duration. I actually have a Zoom call with some of those ladies tonight. Oh, cool. We still keep in touch. Yeah. And Ellen was a craniosacral practitioner. Okay. And when I was having jaw pain, which I had had since I was a kid, and she said, you know, let me let me do some craniosacral therapy with you. I really think it might help you. We, we can do your first session for free. Mm-hmm. Let's give this a try. And I totally fell in love with the work. Okay. Um, and that was what prompted me to go to massage school was I just totally fell in love with craniosacral therapy but I thought 
nobody knows what that means. No one's ever heard of it. I need to get some massage clients and then convince them Mm. to let me do this with them. Okay. Um, (laughs) And I had uh, just started seeing a massage therapist who had just finished training. Um, And so I just had this very strong intuition to check out his school. And Hmm. I called up the school. And the next week I started my massage training. Um, Yeah. So what is craniosacral therapy? <laughs> Let's, I mean, a lot of people don't know what it is, including myself. So, <laughs> so craniosacral therapy actually stems from the osteopathic medical tradition. Um, okay. Dr. John Upledger was an osteopathic doctor, and he was actually at MSU mm. um, for a while. Okay. And your craniosacral system deals with the soft tissue that surrounds your brain and your spinal column, your spinal cord. Mm -hmm. Um, There's these layers of fascia, connective tissue that surround it, and it's a semi-closed hydraulic system. There's a lot of science and Mm. medical terminology that you get in your craniosacral training, but Mm -hmm. what I experience when I'm laying on the table is I'm... I have my clothes on, I'm laying on my back, mm-hmm. and the craniosacral therapist uses generally a very light touch. Mm-hmm. It can be anywhere on the body, a lot of it is often on the head, mm-hmm. and it is this really light touch connecting with the fascia, the connective tissue that's holding us together, mm-hmm. and helping it to release. Mm-hmm. So... Usually, it's very relaxing. Yeah. Um, people often fall asleep. <laughs> uh, it's very calming to the nervous system. Yeah. And it helps the nervous system to function better so that the nutrition is getting through the spinal column mm. and the garbage is getting carried away. Gotcha. Um, it also has this whole other aspect of helping to release trauma that is being held in the body mm-hmm. because when we experience trauma physical or emotional any kind of trauma if we can't deal with it at the time if we cannot cognitively handle this horrible thing that's happening to us mm-hmm. our body will just kind of stuff it down yeah compress it into the smallest thing it can and then you get this blockage mm. in that part of your body um so the craniosacral therapy can help to release those trapped emotions. It can help the soft tissues to unwind. Sometimes when I'm on the table, my body will just start to move spontaneously on its own. It's hmm. called unwinding um, because those the connective tissue is just this one big like web. system yeah. that's holding us all together. It's wrapped around every cell and muscle fiber and nerve in the body. And so an injury in one area can be affecting another part of the body completely. Like I had ankle surgery seven years ago um, because I'd torn um, a tendon. Mm. And after my surgery, the jaw pain I'd had before resurfaced and it hadn't bothered me for years. And my jaw just kept hurting. And so I went to see my massage therapist and she did some work on my scar which is, you know, on my ankle. Yeah. Um, she was 
working with that fascia, and every time she did, it felt like she was touching my jaw. Interesting. And it was that work on the scar that calmed my jaw down again. Hmm. So it's really fascinating work, and there's tons of science behind it, but there's yeah. also so much we don't know. Exactly. Learning of new modalities to help people live pain-free and live, you know, a, um, a high quality of life is, is so important. So that was kind of your introduction to deciding you wanted to go to massage school and offer bodywork practices to people. Mm-hmm. I know you have a wide variety of other um, disciplines, I guess, you've studied. So do you want to talk? I don't know, like, did your path from massage school, then you discovered something else and got training there? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's just a, a rabbit hole to go <laughs> down. You know, I got really into the craniosacral therapy, and then that led me into John Barnes' myofascial release, which mm. has a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, to the craniosacral therapy, but also um, some other techniques that I, I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of doing that before. Yeah. Um, so I've done quite a few of John Barnes's classes as well. And a, a, a piece of that work um, that I think a lot of other body workers don't necessarily address is pelvic balancing. Mm. Um, you know, looking at someone's posture when they come in and seeing, oh, your pelvis is torqued. Yeah. Like, it's totally rotating. Okay, let's work on the tissues that are connected to the pelvis and mm. help that settle back in. Because right. a huge complaint that people have is neck pain, upper mm. back pain, because we spend so much time sitting on the computer mm-hmm. and driving. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of neck pain is starting in the pelvis. The mm. pelvis is all wonky. It affects the chain the rest of the way up, right? Yeah, so then your shoulders are wonky and then your neck is wonky so that your eyes are looking straight ahead. So, yeah, yeah, like yesterday I had a new client who's been getting a massage every month for years. No one's ever touched his belly before. And he has low back pain. I'm like, wow. The belly is key with low back pain. You're telling me you're sitting at a desk all day. Your abdominal muscles are so short. Mm-hmm. Your back is way overstretched. Wow. Um, we've we've got to work on your belly. Yeah. If you want your low back to feel better. Interesting. I think it's so fascinating with, I mean, I have a background as a CSCS, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So I've studied a lot of um, physiology, anatomy, and I have a pretty good understanding of the body, but I think massage therapists just... Like, they understand how everything works together, it seems like. I've had another woman on that I've interviewed who was a massage therapist, and I have friends who are massage therapists, and I, every time I talk with them, they're always, like, you go into the strength and conditioning world, and these trainers understand, I mean, it varies, but a lot of people are not focused on like how your neck affects your pelvis or how your foot affects your shoulder or, you know these things unless they're I guess more advanced but do you how many hours are you training in massage therapy school and like what does that curriculum curriculum look like well when I went to massage school Michigan was unregulated mm. um 
but now we have licensing and I think just this past year they've actually increased the number of hours that are required for people okay um, but my initial program was 500 hours I've done at least that much more in continuing ed mm. um, which is unusual yeah, you know, there's a lot of massage therapists who weren't doing any continuing yet mm. until it became required. Gotcha. But I really I want to get to the bottom of things with people. Like, sure, there's benefits to going once a month and having a full body massage. Mm. Definitely. But if you're dealing with chronic issues, if you have headaches or jaw pain or you know, your back or your knee, whatever, you need focused work. Yeah. Um, and you need a variety of techniques to right. figure out what's going to work for you. Right. Another thing I do a lot of is trigger point massage. Mm. You know, and that's the same thing with the fascia, with the connective tissue. There's a spot in your calf, a trigger point in your calf, that will cause pain in your low back. And... Who would think yeah. to massage your calf because you've got low back pain? Right. So I know a lot about trigger points and just my own experience with having fibromyalgia and Lyme disease. Like, I think I've had every single one at some point in my body. Gotcha. Um, but it's crazy how they will refer pain. A lot of times it doesn't, the muscle itself isn't what's bothering you, like mm. headaches, right? Yeah. A lot of, I mean, headaches are coming from your neck. Mm. In your upper traps, mm-hmm. they're sending the pain up to your head. Mm. So. so then would you say, like, your understanding of how the body is all connected didn't just stem from massage therapy school? It's kind of like your different trainings, continuing education, and everything you've done over the years? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Has, what is it fair to say a lot of your training then has stemmed from the clients you've worked with and trying to understand the root of their pain and that's what has made you pursue other studying? Well, that leads right into my training in the lymphatic system. Mm, Okay. Because I had a client who had chronic um, swelling in her ankle and leg. She'd had a bunch of surgeries and uh, was always swollen and... Mm. Then I saw, oh, there's a lymphatic training class that's happening in Grand Rapids. Why don't I go check that out? Yeah. And so then I went through their whole program and got certified in that. And actually, what a lot of my lymphatic work has been in the last couple years is women are flying to Miami to get liposuction and Brazilian butt lifts. Hmm. It is a really popular surgery right now to get the fat sucked out of your belly and back and injected in your butt. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So... After that, you need to have a lot of lymphatic work done to drain all that extra fluid because surgery is traumatic and your body responds with swelling. Yeah. So the manual lymph drainage also really touches a personal note for me because when I was in the middle of my training with that, my mom was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was just this moment sitting in class one day where our teacher was showing slides and she showed this sore that someone had and my mom had always had this sore that would come and go on her ankle Mm -hmm. and the doctors didn't know what to do about it they didn't know what it was well it's it's a huge red flag that something's going on with the lymphatic system interesting but western doctors don't really study the lymphatic system and so my mom had her body was saying for years hey 
something's not Pay right attention here to me. <laughs> with my lymphatic system. Yeah. And then she died from lymphatic wow. cancer. Wow. So, and nobody talks about the lymphatic system. No. Um, it's a big part of our immune function, actually. Interesting. And it's a really gentle treatment um, that's recommended for people to get every three months. Just okay. like you change the oil in your car, mm-hmm. you go get a lymphatic treatment and really get your lymph fluid moving to help push the gunk out of your lymph nodes that might get stuck in there. So what does that um, process look like when you're actually doing it on someone? Yeah, so there's um, a separate protocol for the head, neck, and face that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a full body protocol. Mm. And it's very gentle. It's a 50-minute service. And our blood gets pumped through the body by our heart. You know, it's working all the time and pushing the blood. Mm-hmm. Whereas the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So the only way the lymph moves is if we move our muscles. Mm. So with a lymphatic treatment, what we do is a very gentle stretching mm. of the skin to just pull on the lymph vessels and move Move. the fluid towards the big concentrations of lymph nodes, which are in the neck, in the armpits, in the groin, in the belly. We're just getting that fluid really moving, um, and it speeds up like a whirlpool. Mm -hmm. It just pulls the extra fluid you might have hanging out um, into the lymph nodes, and then you key it out. Some people actually lose pounds of fluid. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) I had a friend um, who had severe cystic acne in the past, and she got really into skincare. And I just recently saw she became, I I guess it's certified in lymphatic drainage. And so she was showing a video of, like, massaging her lymph nodes. And I was like, interesting. I've never seen that before. So Mm -hmm. I wondered what your process looked like when you're working with someone because I didn't know if it varied I didn't know it could also be done on the body I thought it was just right here at the neck oh. so that's interesting yep full body okay mm-hmm. and, and there's different traditions within the lymphatic world different mm. schools um, mine is based on uh, Emil Vader he was an Austrian man okay um and it's a really popular service in Germany and in Europe, hmm. um, lymphatic clinics are. Right. It's really highly recommended, too, before and after surgery to help with healing because it boosts white blood cell production. Hmm. Okay. Then that's good for the immune system. Interesting. So from there, did you go into any other disciplines? <laughs> I don't know how many you have, but I am interested to learn. I mean... You know, it's so fascinating to learn about all these different um, modalities for healing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, along with uh, the lymphatic system and swelling, I also do cupping. Oh, yeah. I have Um, heard of that. Yeah. So you can use the cups different ways. You know, you may have seen, like, Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, Mm -hmm. with, like, the big purple marks on him, the purple circles. That's can happen if you leave the cup sit on your skin. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's suction. It's separating the layers of tissue so mm. that the circulation can be better and um, helping to release those areas where the tissues stick together. Um, and then you can also slide the cups. Okay. So 
Um, I might do that with someone who's just had surgery. I might use mm. the cup sliding to just help move Break the fluid up scar along. Tissue or women stuff. who've had breast cancer, cupping can be very popular with them to help move the extra fluid out of the arms. Mm. Um, and then I also do taping. Okay. So um, maybe you've seen volleyball players who've got the brightly colored yeah. tape on. Like um, the KT tape? Yeah, I use okay. rock tape. Okay. Brand. Um, but yeah, gotcha. that, and that can really help with swelling and with pain. Okay. Would you say the cupping is um, more for like a healing technique or recovery? Because it seems like it could be both, but... Yeah, well, and if you're an acupuncturist, you might be using the cups in a totally different way, too. Mm. You know, acupuncturists may use them on specific acupuncture points to bring about different results. Whereas okay. I'm just... I'm putting it where it feels like the tissues are kind of stuck together mm. or I'm using it to move the fluid okay. when I use them. Gotcha. So what is, um, when, you know, when a new client comes in, how do you decide which of these techniques you're going to <laughs> <laughs> proceed <Right>. with? <laughs> a lot of people have a specific idea when they come in to see me, mm. you know, because, there aren't many people who do trigger point work or mm. myofascial release or craniosacral therapy. So they may find me because they're specifically searching for that. Okay. Um, or, I mean, I, what I like best is when someone comes in, tells me what's wrong, and then says, do whatever you, you want. Know. And don't, <laughs> you know. I trust you. Do it. Do what you do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of my clients come in for what I call a signature session. Okay. And it just depends on what's going on with the client that day, what the long-term goals are. Mm-hmm. We could do one thing one week and the next week do something totally different. Okay. I also am really big on client education mm. because if we're doing the same repetitive motions every day, we need to be taking care of our tissues every day. Mm-hmm. We brush our teeth every day. Why aren't we rolling out on a ball every day? Yeah. Um, or doing some yoga. Yeah. So I have some balls that I really like that I sell to my clients and mm-hmm. I show them how to use it to work on themselves. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that I love that. I think education is so huge. It's like <laughs> It's not just the service you're providing, but teaching them why it's important, how to apply it, and make sure that you empower them to be able to do these things on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to dive into the yoga as part of your discipline, but where, when did you go through your yoga teacher training? Um, for listeners who don't know, Jamila and I went through the same uh, yoga school, which is Mindful School of Yoga in Grand Rapids. So we did graduate different years. So when did you go through yours, and what drew you to Mindful School of Yoga? Uh, well, Amber. I knew Amber already. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think I graduated two and a half years ago from the program. And it's funny because I didn't really know what vinyasa yoga was. Mm. Um, and at the time, the school was, that was part of the name yes. of the school was vinyasa. And I got there the first weekend and I thought, what have I done? <laughs> I hate this. Like, I still do. I hate vinyasa yoga. Oh, no. I don't ever want to do a vinyasa yoga class again. 
but I love Amber. Yes. And it was such an amazing personal growth experience mm. going through that program. Um, but yeah, that is definitely not how I teach yoga. <laughs> it just moves too fast. Yes. I want to take several breaths in each pose and really settle into a pose. I see. So you are... You prefer the slow flow yoga, the yen yoga, maybe even yoga nidra. Yeah, or um, my other, actually my first yoga training was with yoga tune-up. Okay. Um, And those are the massage balls that I sell. um, Uh Yoga tune-up is very alignment focused, Hmm. but also rolling. I do a lot of rolling in my yoga classes. Okay. Um, Like mm -hmm. foam rolling or like with the balls? With the balls, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you prefer using the ball over a foam roller because it can go deeper, like more variety or more, yeah, you can kind of get into areas a little bit easier than with a foam roller? Yes, and I find that most foam rollers are too hard. Mm. I think it's important when you're rolling to use something that has a little bit of give to it. Um, Actually, in the John Barnes myofascial release classes, uh, we're using inflatable balls. Hmm. that soft of a ball interesting Um, especially on the belly yeah i'm a huge proponent of belly rolling um you want to use an inflatable ball okay so through your um like education of clients are you focused on just trying to get them to like create a better relationship with their body as in like get to know it better be more aware of what they're feeling in their body instead of just so in their head all the time and disconnected that's part of your education yeah yeah and that's definitely a big part of the kind of work that I do yeah you've got to feel it to heal it right what is you know okay I hear you saying that you're stressed well where are you feeling that in your body mm-hmm. are you holding your breath mm-hmm. are your shoulders tight are you, are you clenching your jaw yeah I think that's so important I mean Obviously, like, going through Mindful School of Yoga, they touch on that a lot, about how trauma shows up in the body, and that's a huge part of what yoga is. You know, it's not just the physical poses, but that mindful awareness of the thoughts that are producing those sensations in your body and Mm -hmm. teaching, basically, embodiment so that you just form that deeper relationship beyond just, like, you're this floating brain walking around (laughs) I just heard a quote yesterday that said your body is not a taxi for your brain oh I love that and yeah I thought the same thing I was like oh that's so true because like (laughs) growing up you know you go to school and they teach you all these things and it's just like they're so focused on putting more and more information in your head and it's like I have conversations with people all the time how I just wish more people like had that body awareness and like it's so sad to me when I hear things like PE classes might be taken away in in elementary school and you know sports aren't getting funded and I'm just like all of these avenues that help kids to learn how to move their body better and just be in more connection with their body if those are going away it's just like that to me it just seems like that's going to lead us on a track of more people feeling disconnected, feeling lost in their body and having pain and just having no idea and then going to a doctor and being like, hey, I have, you know, these issues, but, like, the doctor can't really feel what the person who's experiencing the pain is feeling. So Mm -hmm. 
side tangent, but (laughs) 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 that's, uh, yeah, I saw that quote yesterday and just led me down that rabbit hole. But anyway, um, do you have like a particular demographic that you work with that you focus on or is it kind of just whoever comes in? Yeah, um, I, I've done some work with kids. I don't see a lot of kids. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'll be honest, it's mostly white people. Mm. Maybe because I'm white. Yeah. Um, maybe because that's say. where the income range is that okay. can afford to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really anybody who's experiencing stress or in pain and want some help with it. I love when clients want to learn and mm. want to do the homework at home. Mm. I tell people, oh, you know, if you use the ball and you do this, you know, five yeah. minutes a day. Yeah. People are like, I don't have time. Yeah. Well, maybe then That's the let's issue. take a deeper look at your life. If you can't find five minutes a day for yourself mm-hmm. to love yourself and care for yourself, then... Yeah. yeah, maybe there's some imbalance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, when did Healing Touch start? I finished massage school 11 years ago. Okay. And I, I think I incorporated maybe the next year I filed my papers. I worked at a few places, um, and wasn't liking the way things were done mm-hmm. at the places I was working at, mm-hmm. um, a variety of things, whether it be the sheets smelled really bad, like mm-hmm. rinse oil, or <laughs> not enough turnover time between clients, um, and an opportunity came up in the building that I'm in um, for me to rent a room, and mm-hmm. so I was still working somewhere else when I started my own business, and then... Okay. I just really like working for myself. Yeah, having that flexibility of time and the way things are ran, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like it's all your own creative outlook, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I really want to have that opportunity for the client education and working somewhere else where the turnover time is... Just get people in and out. Zero to 15 minutes between appointments to change your sheets and eat a snack and... yeah, so now I have that opportunity. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard to take care of your own health when, I mean, yes, you want to be helping people throughout the day, so having clients come in and out is nice, but, like, you need a little bit of decompression, I'm sure, in between each client to just make sure that you yourself feel grounded before just rushing into the next person, because mm-hmm. then you can't really give them your best service, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. So, do you feel like, since you've started this business, you've seen a um, like a, a collective increase in knowledge uh, in the people who do come to see you. Like, are they are more aware of their bodies? Have you noticed a trend? I do think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's just part of where our culture is. Yeah. We're finally catching up to some other parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, and the world. I think <laughs> I I would agree. I, I do feel like you know we're all learning together and. Some individuals and countries or whatever around the world have been maybe more pioneering, like, you know, yoga started in India, and there's a whole history of it, and they're very in tune with, like, their 
the mindfulness practice, I guess, but maybe the Western culture could do a little bit better job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So obviously you, you kind of knew you wanted to do this from your own personal experience and then going through the massage therapy school. Is there anything beyond um, what you currently offer services wise that you have maybe been intrigued in lately that you kind of want to go down those paths soon that you like mm-hmm. on the horizon anything you see a couple of years ago I actually got my personal training certification mm. um, the same year that I did my yoga teacher training but then I grew my business and I brought on some other therapists to work with me so those uh, things kind of like I don't teach yoga anywhere and I haven't done anything with the personal training cert because um, my whole business shifted I see um this past year, I did uh, another training in scar tissue work. Um, I'm, I'm really fascinated with, with scar tissue and all the emotions that can be held in it. Or even several years ago, I had a client who had migraines. And through the process of doing the work, it came out she started having them after her 23-year-old son had been delivered C-section. Mm. And so I worked on that C-section scar. Her migraines went away. Interesting. <laughs> what what prompted you to just like hearing her story? You just thought maybe this is there could be something in that scar mm-hmm. based on your training. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And well, a lot of my work too is intuitive. Just mm. being present with someone and seeing what they're doing on the table or seeing where my attention is drawn on the table. Yeah. Kind of probably trying different tools, seeing how they react Mm -hmm. verbally and Mm non-verbally. That was another thing that came up for a a previous guest I mentioned earlier, who's the massage therapist. She was saying that when she's working with people, it's like so much about being present with them and seeing how they respond and being Mm -hmm. able to, because sometimes I think the client doesn't even realize how they're responding at the time and you see it and you're like, Oh wow. Like there's something here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so interesting. I definitely have an interest personally in massage therapy, but it's, it seems like it's, I guess different than training people one-on-one because like one is more focused on, like performance, at least for me, when I'm helping people in the gym, it's helping them to improve function of how they move in everyday life. Whereas I think massage therapy is maybe a little bit more helping them to like reduce pain. It doesn't have to be. No. No, trigger points definitely affect function. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess, yeah, they can kind of cross over, too. Because, I mean, working with people in the gym, you're also, if they do have pain, finding ways to work around it. So they're not, definitely not exclusive. Mm-hmm. Or taping, you can tape for function, too. Yeah. Tape can definitely increase the recruitment that's going on so that you can lift more. Interesting. If you tape a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of CrossFitters that will tape. I've never personally... Um, had it done myself how do you have experience in like taping for any athletes or like anything of that nature a little bit and we um 
definitely talk about it in my classes. And, you mm. know, there was a demo of, it was just someone laying prone on the floor trying to lift up, lift their upper body up off the floor mm-hmm. before and after putting tape on and mm. The person could definitely move a lot more once the tape was across the back. Really? Telling the, just giving that feedback to the nerves. And, oh, so is it more just, like, where you place the tape helps to, like, heighten awareness of that area? It does. Okay, yeah. and then that's, like, what indicates to, to like, execute the movement, I guess? Mm-hmm, and to calm down on pain signals. Mm. Mm-hmm. So would you, like, would you tape in an area where someone does have pain to... Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of knowledge of, like, the whole taping, um, I don't even, technique, I guess it's called. <laughs> I so, think there's a lot more that, um, can be done with the tape than, than what I do. Like, one of my mm-hmm. teachers was, uh, an athletic, he worked with a college sports team. That's what he did. Oh. And he was just taping them. Interesting. Constantly to help improve their performance. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so I guess you can kind of make the tool fit how you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. I, I did notice, like I was saying earlier, I had hip surgery um, in 2018, actually, and I noticed that sometimes my, like, focus would be so much in my hip causing the pain, but if I was able to, like, for instance, I got a tattoo on my leg, and when I was getting tattooed, it helped bring stimulation to a different part of my body, and then I wasn't feeling pain in my hip anymore. And it mm-hmm. wasn't even that the tattoo, I mean, it, it did hurt at times, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, this sucks, it's painful. It was almost relief in a way because mm-hmm. I was, like, not focused on just feeling, like, that clenching tight pain that I was feeling in my hip. And I was like, hmm, there has to be something to this, <laughs> you know, just, like, shifting that focus. So Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. (laughs) Well, and that speaks to how mindfulness and meditation can help with pain. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you, okay, so you're not teaching yoga anymore, but when you were teaching, what does your typical class look like beyond just like the rolling that you mentioned? Yeah, I like to, to include the rolling and, you know, check out your range of motion now. Let's mm. do some rolling. Oh, now what does your range of motion look like? Or okay. well, when you're rolling in this area, what are you noticing elsewhere in your body? Mm. Um, yeah, and then just more of a, a slower class. Not as slow as yin yoga. I'm not holding things for three to five minutes Yeah. Um, necessarily in my yoga classes, although that is totally myofascial release. Mm, yes. It's there when I'm working on clients, it's three to five minutes in a hold. Interesting. Um, okay to help that fascia release. But yeah, the yoga, it'll be more five breaths Mm. in a position. Yeah. Okay. Do you incorporate like meditations or any mindfulness techniques? Sometimes. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, for me, that's part of what a a yoga class is. Right. Bringing that attention into the body and noticing Mm -hmm. what's present and what comes up. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so I opened my business at 940 Monroe um, 10 years ago. It's the Boardwalk Condos, so it's just north of downtown Grand Rapids. And 
almost two years ago, I moved into a new suite in the building. Mm-hmm. So I currently have two massage rooms and a reception area and then a little office. It's a very calm space. Nice. Um, because I have heightened senses. Mm. I'm a very sensitive person to sounds and smells mm. and textures. Um, I'm really aware of that in my space. Mm. Having no stinky chemicals and soft light, mm-hmm. relaxing music. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think another aspect of my body work, too, that might be different is just that slower pace. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when I've had massage from other people, I just feel like they're moving too quickly. Just mm-hmm. like I feel about the vinyasa yoga. It's yeah. moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. Let's slow it down mm-hmm. and take some deep breaths. It does make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to really help downregulate nervous systems. Mm-hmm. We are hyped up all the time. Our lives are so busy and there's so much stimulation around all the time that mm-hmm. I just want to slow things down and create that quiet space where you can hear yourself Mm. and your own wisdom can bubble up to the surface. Mm. I love that because I'm a huge fan of the slow flow yoga too. That's kind of why I chose Mindful School of Yoga was because she did talk about like it's not the power vinyasa type of classes Mm -hmm. and I agree like going to those types of classes they work for some Mm -hmm. but for me it almost um, heightens my anxiety uh-huh. because it's like I I want to go to yoga to feel relaxed and feel good but when <laughs> I go to those classes it's like and pose and pose and pose and pose and I'm like I can't breathe I can't breathe if like, I want to work out I'm gonna do some deadlifts or something yeah I'm go for yoga I want to feel calm when I'm done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it definitely depends what is, you know, your goal to accomplish with going to the to the yoga. Is it to get your heart rate up and to work really hard? Because mm-hmm. you can go to yoga for that. Or yeah. is it for calming and <laughs> zenning out a little more? <laughs> so you have a couple different um, offices. You have employees then too that you said you brought on? Other therapists? Um, yeah, they're independent contractors, and mm. things are kind of up in the air with COVID. You know, oh, yeah. we were shut down for a few months, and now I just started back a couple of weeks ago, and um, neither of them are ready to come back. They mm. don't feel comfortable doing it, and they also have kids. and Yeah. So right now it's just me. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't uh, typically do a lot of full body massage anymore Mm. um, or even just strictly massage I like to use all the different things that I know so I like having other therapists around who are willing to do that full body deep tissue massage I see Mm -hmm. so maybe would you call that more like traditional massage work and then you have like more specialized areas that you can Mm -hmm. go down to meet clients you know with what they need Mm mm-hmm Okay, you talked about John Upledger. Mm-hmm, and John Barnes. Yep. Um, Tar Brock. 
I actually was really excited to see that you said she was a influence for you because I watch her like almost every Wednesday. I don't know if you know, she has on Facebook like weekly meditations that she'll do publicly. Oh, and so I, I usually tune in for those. I think they're at 7.30 p.m. Okay. Or 6.30 p.m. But if you follow her on Facebook um, on Wednesday evenings, you can find her. Yeah, I don't even know how I came across Radical Acceptance. Oh, her book. That book. But I've read it like four times, and it's I just love that book. Really? I've actually never read it. Oh. I've heard of it. I mean, I've I followed her for a while. I follow her podcast because she does meditations there, too. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her book. But what do you... Is there anything that really, like, stood out to you? <laughs> <laughs> Just that whole idea of accepting ourselves. Mm. I, I don't know, at least not in my experience, that our culture really teaches us very well about loving ourselves Mm -hmm. um you know just being raised being taught about original sin and how which was my background you Mm -hmm. know we're we're born in sin we are sinful we are shameful Mm -hmm. and i i wasn't really taught about loving and accepting and forgiving myself yeah so that book really opened me up in a lot of ways interesting mm-hmm. another influence i would say is matt khan are you okay. familiar with him Mm-mm. Oh, i watch him on youtube um when my mom died five years ago i you know I, one part of my experience was i have all this love that i would give to my mom what do i do with it what do mm. i do with all this love now that she's not here for me to uh shower it on, yeah. upon her and I thought oh I need to turn that love on myself mm. I need to really learn how to love myself yeah and yeah Matt Khan's YouTube videos are so what is his work specifically like a, a meditation teacher or does he have like a it's just really about love whatever <laughs> arises self-love love that <laughs> I think that's the name of his book whatever arises okay that. it's just yeah and he has spoken with angels since he was very small and mm. a lot of mystical experiences. And he just, he gets up and he doesn't know what he's going to say until he's in the moment. Start <laughs> pouring out of them. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. I will have to look at him. <laughs> K-A-H-N. Matt Kahn. Kahn. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk more about your business. You've been in business for a while now, 10 years. Mm-hmm. What, well, what's your favorite thing about being a business owner? Setting my own schedule. Yeah, kind of what you <laughs> talked about. That is so nice. Um, I just, I can be a pretty particular person. And part mm-hmm. of it is about my sensitivities. You know, I don't like loud noises and I don't like smelling Febreze or Hmm. um, other things that give me asthma attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just am very particular about my environment. Hmm. And so working for myself, I get to create that environment. Um, I get to have the kind of massage stool that I want Mm -hmm. um, that moves up and down. Or I get to always be in the same room instead of working for someone else. And you show up and they're like, oh, you're in this room for your first appointment. And then three hours later, you have another appointment. And you're going to be in this room 
Um, mm. just, I leave things, and when I come back the next day, they're still there. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> no, that's such a good point. Like, I think, I don't know if sensitivity has something to do with, like, being more in touch with yourself, because I do notice, like, sometimes working in office environments, it's just, like, the loud noises... You can kind of tune them out to an extent, but it is kind of detrimental to your own health at a certain point, right? I I guess I I resonate with, like, the sensitivity remark that you made, because I notice sometimes, like, I'll be very sensitive to certain foods, just, like, don't, like, really spicy foods, because I feel like I just want, like, that fresh flavor. I don't need all the additional, like, sauces and sugars, and sometimes even, like, smells I can be very sensitive to. Yeah, I, I've never really thought of it, how it can really affect, like, your sense of comfort and just feeling at ease, I guess. Yeah, because I want to be fully present with my clients. Mm. And if I'm being distracted by noises or smells or whatever, you yeah. know, it's taking my attention away from the person who I'm with. Yeah, what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I have a lot of experience. I've figured out how to be efficient, and I've figured out the systems that work. You know, the ladies who work for me also have worked other places. Or yeah. yesterday I saw one of my old staff who has moved out of state and just, you know, they aren't happy at the other places yeah. they're working at because this. if you're working for someone who's not a massage therapist... They don't have the experience. It, yeah. They don't know that blanket is not going to work. It's just going to be in the way. You know, just little things. Or what do you mean you don't have your notes on clients alphabetized so I can go find it? Really easily. In the two minutes I have before my client shows up, you know? Mm. Yeah, just all all those things make a difference that you've learned over the years compared to (laughs) someone else trying to run the place that hasn't really walked the path. And it's like... Uh, we, you know, you, you learn and you get better and it makes the business better and it sticks around longer usually. <laughs> um, what about what's the biggest challenge you feel like you faced as a business owner? Um, I guess just being financially self-sufficient. Like mm-hmm. my business has been in the black every year, but could I live off of it if my husband didn't have his good paying job? Hmm. yeah it's definitely scary right it's like you I think there's a lot of courage that comes with being you know going into business for yourself though because it's like you're you're not relying on just a comfortable stable income coming every month so you really have to put yourself out there and believe in the product that you are standing behind and make sure you do your due diligence to educate yourself and have the knowledge to support whatever service it is that you're offering. So I I think it's it can be scary financially, but it's also like there's so many more rewards beyond monetary that come with it and like personal growth, I think, that comes with it that you don't get if you just allow yourself to work for someone else just because it's like the safer route. Mm. Well, yeah, and when, you know, when my business was shut down in March because of COVID, you know, I did spend time like, okay, what else could I do? What mm-hmm. else could I do for a job to make money? Because this is going to be around for a while. Yeah. Um, 
I just couldn't come up with anything. Like, mm. I love what I do. Yeah. And I love the freedom that I have mm-hmm. from working for myself. And I'm really good at it. Yeah. I think because of all the pain I've gone through myself and because I'm so sensitive, it just... It, it kind of is like the path that you should be walking, mm-hmm. do you feel like? <laughs> yeah, like all those years of suffering and just being in so much pain all the time. It's like, oh, well, now I know how mm-hmm. to help people. Yeah. I'm... At the time when you were going through it, did it just... Did you experience similar things to what I was saying earlier of, like, it feels unfair and you kind of play victim of, like, why is this happening? Yes, <laughs> for sure. It, it's so, like, in the moment, a struggle and challenge. But then I think later on you're able to look back and see how much of a blessing comes out of it, you know. Even though at the time it's like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Yeah, and I think people don't realize, too, like, how much depression and anxiety go along with physical pain. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just not having an end in sight, and you keep trying different things, and you're still in pain. It's very disheartening. Yeah. And then you get anxious. It's like, well, I want to go do this, but if I do it, I might feel worse. So I better just yeah. stay safe. Yeah. It really... I, I totally agree with that. Like, I remember feeling... When I was injured, uh, so prior to getting injured, I competed in powerlifting. I played softball my whole life, and then dealing with the injury, it was like not only did my physical health take a dump, I guess, but like my mental health too. And I didn't ever know how symbiotic the two were until that experience. And it's just like, yeah, it's hard to explain, but just. We kind of already touched on it. You just feel all of these, like, emotions that, like, why me? And mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of just let yourself spiral mm-hmm. when you are going through that pain. Have you thought, due to COVID, um, to offer any type of virtual service? Do you think that could be an option? Yeah, I mean, I could do yoga and, you know, rolling. Yeah virtually with people just you know directing them well okay so let's you know put the ball here and let's see if that spot's tender yeah you know because I mean with some areas of pain there could be like 15 or 20 different trigger points to check out Mm. to try and figure out the root yeah I thought about it but I also was enjoying just kind of the break yeah (laughs) Catching up on yard work and painting. Yeah, it's nice to have those. It's almost like a personal leave to just be like, okay, well, hopefully we get back to normal eventually, (laughs) but instead I'll do these things for myself, and then I will feel good for when business is able to continue however it will continue. I was going to say continue as normal, but I don't know what normal is going to be moving forward. Yeah, I don't either. Um, What about, um, I mean, you have the personal training background, too. Have you thought about, like, virtual options as far as that? Mm, no. No? <laughs> not, not, in, not up your alley where, where you are right now? I just don't. I'm doing a, what was it? Was it 200 hours? I don't know. Doing mm. an online personal training program, I just 
I don't know. I just don't. I didn't feel well enough educated coming out of that. I, I guess to really dive in with people, mm-hmm. um, to develop programs for them. Like, I mean, people do like four-year exercise science degrees. Yeah. And, yeah. I just didn't feel like it prepared me enough. I see. So maybe if you were to invest additional time, it might be something you would do down the road. But right now, with with your current certification, it's not something you would really want to offer. No, I mean, it's enough where I can tell people, you need to strengthen your adductors, let me show you. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> How to do that, because you're <laughs> yeah. your toes are pointing sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight ahead. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So, if someone were to want to find you, you're located in downtown Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you don't do, like, any online courses that you offer or anything, any e-offerings, I guess? No. Okay. Not at this time. Yeah, um, my website is ahealingtouchgr.com. Okay. Yeah, and there's a lot of information on my website about the different things that I do and about self-care. Okay. What about um, resources? Like, are there any books you would recommend for, like, maybe someone looking to go into massage therapy or looking to uh, develop their knowledge for their holistic health? Because like I said earlier, I have people who follow me who are kind of into both worlds, but if they wanted to broaden their knowledge on any of the practices that you've mentioned today. Um. One of the top books I think everybody needs is the Trigger Point Therapy Workbook mm-hmm. written by Claire Davies. And I studied trigger points with Claire's daughter, Amber. But it's a book written for the layperson that shows you how to find your trigger points and how to identify where your pain is really coming from. Mm-hmm. Claire Davies was a piano tuner, and he ended up with a frozen shoulder Nobody could help him, and then he came across a massage therapist who knew about trigger points, and she was able to get his shoulder moving again, and that inspired him to go to massage school and to write this book. Wow. So it's a really good book. Dr. Upledger has some, you know, if you're really into the science, you can read the books that he wrote for his fellow osteopaths, Mm -hmm. which are kind of hard to get through if you Mm -hmm. don't know medical yeah, terminology at all. <laughs> but he also wrote um, Your Inner Physician and You, and he tells the story of how he discovered the craniosacral rhythm for himself and some stories about people that he's helped. Hmm. Um, John Barnes has a book, too. The uh, I think it's called The Wounded Healer, where he tells his story. He's a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Um who found that the traditional stretch and strengthen mindset of physical therapy did not help him. He had been lifting weights and injured himself and Mm. um, began experimenting and just created this whole way of doing myofascial therapy that he's taught thousands of people. Interesting. What is it called? The Wounded what? Healer. The Wounded Healer. Okay. I think that's what it's called, but just look for John Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and then there's books like Tara Brock's mm-hmm. um, Radical Acceptance mm-hmm. that I love. I think she has another one, too. Um, mm-hmm. She has a couple other books. 
Okay. I think. I don't remember the name, but I did one, see it. Maybe Radical Compassion. That sounds right. Might be her newest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I use the Insight Timer app mm. for meditation, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's free. There's like, I don't know, 45,000 meditations on it. Wow. And courses, and I'm almost today 1,000. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> you can... You know, do a one-minute meditation. You can do an hour meditation. There's yeah. just a wide variety. That's That was going to be my, one of my questions. Was something I really focus on in my own teaching is, like, promoting balance in people's lives. Because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like, it, it sounds cliche, but, like, balance is really key. Because I think a lot of clients who come to me, they're, they want to get involved in a fitness program. And a lot of them at the time have taken in media so that they believe that if they just get fit and have their body look a certain way, <laughs> then everything in life will be golden, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we know that that's not true. Your body, you can get the six-pack abs and look a certain way, but you still might have beliefs or whatever that are causing you to be unhappy. So I really try and push, or not push, but just educate people to understand that, okay, we're going to do this program to take care of your body, but let's also incorporate some mindfulness practices in your life too, so that you are taking care of your mental health and physical health and just educating them along the way that we're not just trying to like rush to this path of like getting as fit as possible. Cause like happiness doesn't necessarily live over there. It's more about creating it within yourself and, um, yeah, having a balanced outlook on life so that you do take care of your your fitness goals, but also make time for your family and your friends and, mm-hmm. you know, just this more holistic approach to fitness. So with all that said, I'm curious as like a business owner, how do you stay balanced in your own life? Because, you know, providing services to help others can definitely take a toll on us if we aren't doing the things that we need to do to to stay grounded <laughs> mm-hmm. you know something the past year that I've really gotten into is painting kindness rocks hmm. like I don't know if you've ever been walking around and you just saw like a rock on the ground you yeah. know that says smile or be kind or whatever but yeah. a, my friend and I just have really gotten into painting rocks. Like, I have a Pinterest board with 400 different rocks I could paint Aww. on it. And I found, especially, like, during COVID, like, there was a lot of stress about not knowing if I was ever going to be able to reopen my business. And yeah. my rent is more than I'm really comfortable with. And, mm. and so there was a lot of stress with it. And... I spent so many hours just painting rocks because I feel like if we're not taking the time to be creative Mm. and to express ourselves creatively, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of like blocking the second chakra Mm. and we get really anxious. When I'm feeling really anxious, I'm like, I need to do something creative or I need to write, I need to cook, I need to just do something expressive. Mm yeah, I've been painting a lot of rocks, and then we have a cottage, and so we hide the rocks for mm. kids to find, and then they okay. all, you know, there's a Facebook group, and 
post the pretty rocks that you find. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and yeah, doing yoga definitely helps, especially like, you know, my job can be pretty hard on the body. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to move. Yeah. Because I'm not moving. It's like doing craniosacral. It's like it's like watching paint dry sometimes. Like you're just not moving you're very just much. Sitting there. So I need to go for walks and mm-hmm. get on the treadmill, go lift some weight. Yeah. Do some yoga. Be a little more active. Mm-hmm. And expressive because yeah. like I've got to be quiet and like contained mm-hmm. while I'm at work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I may need to. Yeah. Or rip out some plants or something in the yard when I get home, you know, and just be able to release yeah. myself. Yeah. It really, I mean, I think it's so true. Like, I, I I look to strength training as, like, that more aggressive, um, you know, there's different emotions that come up in strength training compared mm-hmm. to going to yoga. And so that's, like, where I find balance in, like, my services. But then... I think there's so much more to staying balanced beyond just like the world of movement that you're you're kind of alluding to. It's like you cook because you need to express something over here, and mm-hmm. then it's like just keeping the the emotions in a balance, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. all important. <laughs> well, and I have a therapist that I really like. I had a mm-hmm. therapy session this morning before I came here, and yeah. that helps too because yeah. you know being a body worker. If I'm not super grounded, I can take people's stuff on, mm. you know, and just leave work, like, exhausted. It's like, okay, I got to ground, and sometimes maybe I need to talk to my therapist. Or Do you feel like that's hard to, like, separate yourself from taking on, like, energy of your clients? I've gotten a lot better at it, but certainly when I first started, that was a huge struggle for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, because I... That's something as a trainer that you have to be aware of, too, even though you're more focused on, like, you know, exercising. Sometimes they will start to talk about different things that they're experiencing outside of Mm -hmm. the gym. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to be mindful of that. And my other guest I was talking to, she said that was a massage therapist. She said that she naturally just feels like that's never been a struggle for her. And I was like... What? Wow. How? Teach me your ways. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know. I was like, well, that's huh. interesting. Well, and some people, yeah, are just, I, I mean, for me, I always have to work at being grounded. Mm. I'm very empathic. I'm very mm-hmm. sensitive. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I wish I my feet on the ground. And so I really work at it. Gotcha. And so I might, you know, after some days at work, I might need to go home and take a salt bath to just like, Really, my energy field. Gotcha. Get out the tuning forks. Yeah, and all these different <laughs> tools that you use that mm-hmm. work for you, and it's a, uh, it's I think something that you learn through experience, like you said, like mm-hmm. probably when you first started in massage therapy, it was like way harder to separate that, and you're just like, oh, this client is dealing with this, and I feel like I'm being like pulled into it in a sense. Yeah. So. Well, and Ellen. Um, the woman who introduced me to craniosacral therapy, she was such an amazing mentor mm. for me when I first started. She really helped me out a lot. And and that's part of why I wanted to grow my business is because 
I love mentoring and mm. I've had the opportunity to help these other therapists who are just getting started. That's awesome. And who have all these kinds of questions. Yeah, to be able to give back to them what Ellen once helped you with, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So we didn't really touch a ton on, like, this. I mean, we, we talked about what type of services you offer, but is there any, like, um, I don't know, like, specials you want to really highlight for listeners who are, like, looking into getting these types of services? I do sell packages of sessions, you know, and, and that are discounted. I don't have any certain combination of mm. things set up right now. That's an interesting idea, though, like, get one lymphatic and one this and one that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's something I'm... Maybe take into consideration. <laughs> and at first I thought where you're going with the question was like, is there something I really specialize in? And that made me think about how I haven't talked about how another thing that I do, which unfortunately mm. I can't do right now with COVID, is um, I do a lot with TMJ pain and I actually work inside the mouth. I put oh. a glove on and I work on trigger points inside the mouth. And I also do, there's a whole craniosacral protocol mm. of working inside the mouth to help with restrictions. And for me, that's been really beneficial to receive it because I've had a lot of horrible dental work done, mm. a lot of dental trauma. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's something that I love doing is. Huh. So what is it, what does that service look like exactly? <laughs> Is it just, like, just your hands you're touching inside the mouth? No, like, mm-hmm. I mean, acupuncture would be, like, needles. But... <laughs> nope, just my hands. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. and you don't do acupuncture, right? No, I've looked at acupuncture school a bunch of times. Okay. But... <laughs> Maybe down the road. <laughs> <laughs> the closest option is Chicago, I think. So. Okay. <laughs> Like I was saying before, this I think this uh, this episode is going to be very educational to people because these different services that you offer are not very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people are interested. Uh, like before I had you on, I was talking to some people about you know you being my next guest, and they were like energy healing. You know what is that? And just people who are not as familiar with, like, alternative medicine and the holistic health, I don't know, industry or field, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, were intrigued to hear, you know, what we'll discuss in this episode, so. You know, and one point I would like to make Mm. is that pain is not gain, necessarily. Mm. Like, I get a lot of people who think, oh, you know, you've got to work it out. I can take it. Use Mm. whatever pressure you have to to work it out. Yeah. Um, And that is not necessarily beneficial. Mm. I just want people to know massage does not have to hurt in order to help you. Yeah. And for some people, if it does hurt, it can just send them into a flare-up and make it a lot worse. Some people, it really, you know, they want it to hurt. They want to be sore the next day, and then they feel amazing afterwards. That's what they feel like okay, now I've got the solution that I needed. Yeah, but like yesterday, you know, that that new guy I had who's been getting deep tissue massage for all these years, he was referred to me by someone who had just come in for craniosacral. And he's mm-hmm. like, I want to try this craniosacral thing. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. 
Um, and afterwards, he was like, what was that? <laughs> what were you doing? And I said, well, what did you notice? He's like, I feel so relaxed. Huh. He's like, I can't believe that that light touch was doing anything. Interesting. How much do you think, do you think that just like holding the space for people sometimes and allowing them to just chill out is like highly beneficial? I do. I think a lot of people just feel relaxed walking into the space. Yeah. (laughs) I've had people be like, I could just lay here for an hour and take a nap and that would feel amazing. Yeah. Because it's just quiet and peaceful. Right. Good energy. (laughs) I think a lot of people don't have that in their day-to-day. It's just like, I mean, pre-COVID, it was just wake up, get ready, take Mm -hmm. the kids to school, run, you know, run to work, do your meetings, go to lunch, and just like that vinyasa yoga we were talking about, boom, 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 that it's like... Just allowing yourself the time to do nothing Mm. can be productive. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people, as soon as you take their phone away or any electronics and you just tell them to, like, sit there, like, in timeout almost, right? Your (laughs) mind starts to wander and you're just like, I need something to stimulate me. It's like, just sit. (laughs) So, I think, I've noticed with, um, slow flow yoga sometimes people will feel that same sort of like I guess it's anxiety mm-hmm. because they're so used to going to a yoga class and it's pose 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 yeah. that when you put them into a pose and then you don't immediately cue again they're like uh, I need that next <laughs> I definitely have seen that with people yeah <laughs> It's, yeah, it's like I'm. I need to go to the next thing. I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with just sitting yeah, here. Or they'll come out of the pose. Because yeah. They're like, okay, I did it. Now what? Yeah. Keep. <laughs> tell me to keep going. So, I think so I see. I can see how that would be so beneficial in what you do because I see how it's beneficial in yoga to just give people like that freedom or opportunity to just be with themselves and not push forward to the next thing you know all throughout the day (laughs) dr upledger said that you know the purpose of craniosacral therapy is for you to be in touch with the divine Hmm. like it's for you it's not my job as the therapist to tell you what i'm seeing it's maybe my job to ask some questions to probe but it's my job to just create that space so that you can listen Mm. yeah and find your own answers yes that was one of the huge things that yoga teacher training taught me too is just Mm. like kind of what we talked about earlier it's not so much about like fixing yourself or trying to become anything Mm. as much as it is about just accepting and loving yourself as you are I don't know if it's a westernized thing but it definitely seems like younger women well, if I have the flat stomach and if I have the big butt, then, like, I will be able to love and accept myself. And it's like, but what's wrong with you now? Like, there's nothing wrong, you know? And it's just, it's so hard to teach people that, that mm-hmm. it's like, that you, you know, you tell them, like, oh, you're beautiful, you don't need to change. And they don't, it's like they just don't hear it because they're so fixated on, like, I have to change, like, what I want 
to be like and feel like is over there. It's not already right here. So, yeah. <laughs> Just many tangents about mindfulness, self-acceptance. It all plays a role in body work, right? <laughs> well, thank you for being on today. I enjoyed our conversation. Um, is there anything else that about a healing touch you want to share? People know where they can find you online, in person. Talked about your services. Talked about what led you to being a business owner and opening your own practice. Um, yeah, I think great stuff. And maybe I'll have to come in for a massage sometime. <laughs> Thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you show your support by leaving a review or sharing it out with friends and family who may also benefit from the episode as well. Our goal with this podcast is to share knowledge to create a physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger version of you. So if that resonates with you, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. See you next time.